You're listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer and Mark Alderman. Mark, we're back. We February back. 12th. February 12th. Wednesday, Indeed. the day after New Hampshire. What say you? I say third inning. Got to play all nine innings. We're not going to know who wins this game until the ninth inning. But a lot has happened in the first two innings. That's, that's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. What what an interesting time to be a Democrat is, is or, or the a socialist. optimistic look at it. Or, or a socialist, Mark. Or well, masquerading as a Democrat, which is a perfect place to start, right? Right now, a lot of people think that this race for the Democratic Democratic nomination for president is going to come down to a socialist, Bernie, and a Republican, Mike Bloomberg. So what a time to be a Democrat. Which is crazy because Bloomberg hasn't gotten a single delegate. Know. He hasn't even gotten a vote except in Dixville, Knox, New Hampshire, or whatever that town is called that votes at midnight. He won Dixville, Knox. Let's talk numbers. I I, I have prepared some numbers for you, Howard. Before we do that, you're a data guy. Before we do that, let's let's talk state of the Democratic Party because as I see it, your party's in crisis. You've got a Mm -hmm. socialist. A declared socialist who is not a member of the Democratic Party and has never been. He merely caucuses with Democrats. Either he's at the top, he's at the top. I mean, that's the bottom line. Coming out of these two states, he's going to start to come out on top in the national polls. You've got the former vice president of the United States, longtime senator, trailing badly. I think this is a, I think it's an existential threat to the Democratic Party and a true crisis. Well, that makes great radio or whatever podcasts are, and I'm happy to take the bait, but that is not exactly where the party is. The The party is less divided, less a house divided than all of that sounds. Uh, If you look at Iowa, if you look at New Hampshire, if you look at national polls, if you just talk to Democrats, as I do, all do all day, every day, there is a clear majority of the party that is looking for a center left leader. What we do not have is a leader. We do have a crisis of leadership in the party. By the way, we have a crisis of leadership in the country, and the party is just a mirror of that. But you have something like 60-plus percent of the Democratic Party in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in national polls. Any which way you measure it, you've got a clear majority of this party looking for a center-left leader. On the other hand, you've got 40% of this party that is progressive and that is at odds ideologically with the center-left, is united completely on the the need to defeat the criminal lunatic fake president in the White House. But that that wing of the party looks like it's found its leader. And that 
leader, of course, is Bernie. It's it's uh, stunning what happened to Senator Warren last night, although third inning, she's still got some at-bats left. But, but Bernie clearly is the leader of 40% of the party. And that brings me, if I may, to, to some numbers. Are we ready for some numbers? Give us data, Mark. Here's some data. 1991, 1991, 1991 delegates is how many delegates you need to win the Democratic nomination for president. Right now, this morning, Bernie has 22. Long, long, long way to go. Pete actually has 24. 23, 24, right. He has more than Bernie. Long, long way to go. 415, for example, there's a number, 415 delegates in California on March 3rd. And I don't even think it's the third inning, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, Mark, look at the, at the, look at the betting markets and they, the betting markets, and they've been all over the place, but they give Bernie Sanders a 43.6% chance of being the Democratic nominee. Right. So there is a... Based on the first two innings. Maybe the first inning. Maybe there's still eight innings. To it's play. not just based... Clearly, maybe, it's not just based on that. Those first, odds are not backward-looking. They're forward-looking, Mark. And and the betting markets a month ago thought this was going to be a Biden-Warren race. Right. Maybe, so right. They move. They move... They move one way, then they move okay. another way. Let me, let me try this. Let me try and, this, Mark. And the, Go ahead, and then I'm going to no, share with you uh, a little you can, history. You can share more data. You can give me a history lesson. But the the next, um, so, so on the one hand, 43.6% chance the betting markets say that a socialist will be the Democratic right. nominee. They're next in line, 26.6% chance that a Republican Right. Mike Bloomberg, right. who I'll be thrilled to vote for, will be the Democratic nominee. So, Mark, I mean, how can you say when the two of the leading candidates to be the next Democratic nominee for president of the United States against a guy in the White House who is completely beatable, you have a and, socialist and a well, Republican. And, you tell me why this party is not in crisis. This is... Well, but the party huge system, deal. the party system is in crisis. The parties, plural, are in crisis. The leader, unquestioned, complete dictatorial leader of what is left of the Republican Party is not a Republican either. So what you have going on is a mashup, and it's going to play out over time but the parties are very fluid and and coalitions are evolving. It is looking bizarrely more like a parliamentary system than a two-party system at this point. But that's the historical view. And and back to the history just for a minute, something that, that struck me last night and I think is highly relevant this morning. Again, you have to get to the convention with a majority of the delegates. The last candidate on the Democratic side 
who won a majority of the delegates in the actual voting in caucuses and primaries was John Kerry. Barack Obama didn't do it. In 2008, he had a substantial lead and Hillary Clinton threw her support to him before the convention. The same thing happened in reverse in 2016 with Hillary with a substantial lead and Bernie throwing his support sort of to her to get her over the top. But it is very possible, very possible. I don't know what the betting markets say on this. It's very possible nobody gets to this convention with a majority of delegates. It's equally possible that somebody can put together a coalition, a coalition of the willing, as your former leader, President Bush, would say, a coalition to get to a majority. And that brings me back to 60% of the party is looking for a leader. And, and we will see. It's really there isn't hard. One. There That's isn't one. It's really yeah, there hard. There isn't one. Mike really Bloomberg isn't. Leader. Yeah, I mean, look, you and I know a ton of people who would vote for Bloomberg. But as um, we saw in. A meeting with the uh, manager of Bloomberg's Pennsylvania campaign as soon as we're done here. So yeah. I'll, I'll know more for the next podcast. You will know more for the next podcast. But I just don't think outside of the coasts, outside of the business community oriented Democrats that he I, I hope he can attract more of a following because he's really a Republican. But I, I don't know. But where where do they go, Howard? That's that's what we don't know. Let, right. Let's just start at the well. Let's start at the let's, bottom and work our way up. Ethan Alderman, one of our loyal listeners, was right. He told me Super Bowl Sunday that I'm the only person in America left who thinks Joe Biden's going to be president. You and, out, you and Steve Cozen. Turns out, Ethan Ethan was right. Biden is on life support. And I no longer hold out much hope for that campaign. Elizabeth Warren, stunning, stunning that the two leaders in your betting markets two months ago are about done. And it's hard to see either of them coming back. In some ways, Warren's loss last night was more meaningful. She's a neighbor. And she right. had been betting oh, her campaign on New Hampshire Neither of them got a delegate, not one delegate. No, they, no. Didn't, they didn't get to 15%. I don't think in the final count they even got to 10%. Working our way up the org chart here, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, Amy Klobuchar had a great night, maybe, maybe the greatest night of her career, which is the point. The point is, where does she go from here? She needs overnight a national campaign. She doesn't have the money to do that, although it will come in now. She doesn't have the organization to do that, although with the money, maybe she can build one. But this thing is about to hit warp speed. You've got 10 days till caucuses in Nevada. That's a long time. You've got a week after that until twenty South days Carolina. Till, twenty days till Super Tuesday. Boom! Exactly. Boom. I mean, twenty days till Super Tuesday. She's not building an organization in all the Super Tuesday states, but maybe, 
maybe she can pick off a state at a time and and consolidate that 60%. Maybe not. We'll see what happens with Bloomberg and his his billions. Pete is hard to know I what think, to, it's just hard to know what to make of Pete. I think Pete has about run his course here. It's very impressive. Very impressive that the mayor, former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, came from nowhere to essentially tie Iowa and tie New Hampshire. But now people of color start voting and states where he isn't organized start voting. And it, it's hard to know what to make of Pete, an exceptional individual, exceptional first or inning or two. Hard, hard to know if he can go nine innings. Well, but, I think but, you're. I think I think you're underestimating him. But I, I, I don't think we really know yet who who he even really is. He's I mean, not, he's an, I agree. He's not going to run out of money. He's an impressive guy. Yep. He's raised a ton of money. I think I, I know that his numbers are very low with the African American community and and others. Um, but I actually think it's his Can change. You, it's his youthfulness that is his biggest uh, deficit from a from a um right. a can a can a candidate's point of view. Um, you know, he's he looks young. He is he is actually young. He's really too young to be to be president, but probably, probably. Well, but, but we're going to find out because he's not going to run out of money, and and we'll see if he can broaden his base. Which brings us. To he's Bernie. got he the th before we go there. He's got nothing to lose. No. Like Pete is thirty seven. He's got a lifetime ahead of him to do all sorts of interesting things to run for president in the future to he's in the meantime, his candidacy. And I mean, he won or tied Iowa. He tied in the delegate counter was one behind in New Hampshire. He's breaking barriers. This is, um, it's a historic it, and, and it's epic a performance, big, big deal from a cultural point of view, big deal. And he's got a whole lifetime ahead of him, and he's got he's got nothing to lose. So I but, think that we're gonna. I think he's gonna be around for a while. I think we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what my point happens. about the sixty percent. But he's but the thing is, he's not somebody. He what what he is not is somebody that people. I, I don't see the party rallying around him. I don't see him putting the sixty percent together. But what does he do with his third of the 60 percent? Is he's he's going to have more or less, I think, 20 percent of the party. And that 20 percent goes somewhere when he's no longer the, the in contention. Where does it go? Not Bernie, I don't think. But but. To be determined. What what's going on with your friend Bernie? I know you wake up in mortal terror of Bernie Sanders being president of the United just, States. Just, just to be clear for our listening audience, so do you. I'm not in favor of him being president unless my only choice is him or Trump. That that's an easy choice for me. But I would 
very much prefer a different choice. But but let's just talk about Bernie and the betting markets and the rest. You know, the revolution has yet to arrive. The revolution did not arrive in Iowa. He maybe won the popular vote by a little bit. He lost the delegate count. But turnout was down, was flat with 2016, way down from 2008. And look at New Hampshire last night. Bernie won New Hampshire by 22 points in a two-person race, granted, but he had 62% of New Hampshire four years ago. Last night, he had 26, 27%. It's a, it's a bigger field. I mean, I, I don't, Turn, me, but, everybody's but, talking about this, and that's all they were pointing out last night on the news, but it's apples and oranges. No, but I mean, what's not yeah. apples and oranges. Fewer young people turned out last night to vote. The revolution has yet to arrive. Fewer young people, 19% in 2016 to 14% last night. That's not the revolution he's promised. He, his support also slipped dramatically among independents in a bigger field, of course. But I think the revolution, the Sanders revolution may be coming, but it has yet to arrive. And we will see Bernie's going to get 25% here, there, and everywhere. He's, he's not going away. He's never running out of money. He's never going below 25% or so, but you need 50%. He I has know, to put I know together that... 50% remains to be seen if he can do that. And I know that, you know, everybody says the Bernie revolution, the revolution, like, People don't want a revolution. The, the broader electorate doesn't want a revolution. And right. But somebody has to make uh, <laughs> somebody has to win this thing. Yeah, somebody has to win somebody it. Somebody has, has to make the case. It's a lot like, if I may, uh, it's a lot like the NFC East. Somebody had to win our division, Howard. And eventually the Eagles did. But but somebody has to win this thing, and it's really unclear here in the second inning to mix sports metaphors. Uh, just really unclear who that somebody is going to be. I do you know, think there's nobody else. That let's start there. Last night, I was struck. I was watching MSNBC, or as Donald Trump would say, MSDNC, right. um, and Rachel Maddow was on and Elizabeth Warren um, came on for an interview mm -hmm. and Rachel Maddow's first question to Elizabeth Warren was about Donald Trump and the justice department after she just been yep. trounced yep. in a state next door, the majority of the election of which is decided in a Boston media market in Southern New Hampshire and her first question for the candidate that was leading the race a few months ago was about Donald Trump and Roger freaking Stone. I mean, that is just, it's ludicrous. And until, I mean, and look, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow is a mouthpiece for the left. Yep. And until people are going to start focusing on winning this election, and what's going on out there and stop focusing on 
what's going on inside 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, maybe they'll have a chance. But it, it just well, it struck me. Agreed. In a big way. Agreed. But I'm going to uh, channel you here with with your quote. Don't go for the head fake. The, the following the media coverage of this, especially following cable media coverage of this is going for the head fake. Last night, I, I have not seen the numbers, but but we know from statistics, we know from the data, maybe, maybe there were 2 million people watching Rachel Maddow ask Elizabeth Warren that. And, and there are a lot more than 2 million people, like 140 million people. I, who I know, but it's a proxy. Question. It's a proxy for... And the nature of the, the dialogue out there and the dialogue should be which of these candidates most reflects is best situated to lead the country. And what I'm trying to tell you, my reporting here, my reporting is that that's what Democrats are actually talking about. It's not what Rachel Maddow asked Elizabeth Warren, but Democrats are actually asking that question with increasing urgency and, and anxiety because it is so critical and so unclear. And I, I, just, I just found what, what struck me last night in the media coverage, I was surfing, well, surfing. I was going back and forth between MSDNC and CNN wondering if our colleague uh, Jim Schultz was going to appear to explain it all to us. And it was bizarre to me, Howard. The leading edge of the coverage was the third place finisher. Right behind all the coverage of the third place finisher was the second place finisher. And the first place finisher was in third place in terms of the talk. And and as much as I would love to see Amy Klobuchar be president of the United States, I was texting with her campaign last night, and and I'm all for Amy for America, but she is still really, really unlikely to be. And the fact that that was the lead in all the media coverage, it just tells you where where the media is Democrats are not asking that question. Okay. So Amy's really, really unlikely to be Bernie is not reflective of the majority of the democratic party. And I'm not saying he has no chance to beat Trump. Um, we don't know what it's like to see Bernie Sanders run in a general election. Um, but Bernie Sanders has always been, Give the devil his due has always been Bernie Sanders. He's no different of a guy in the Senate than he was in the House. He's no different of a guy as a candidate for president than he was in the Senate or the House. He's not going to change in a, in a significant way. So, okay, it's unlikely to be Amy. Bernie doesn't reflect a majority. Biden is fading. What are we left with? Bloomberg and Buttigieg? I don't A, a Republican? And a guy who is 37 and, and basically untested, that's why I think there's a crisis. And I don't know what I don't know what the party does about that, because last time around, 
there was so much criticism of the party in terms of trying to steer the election to Hillary. There's tremendous pressure on the Democratic Party now to, well, to see it. Um, here, here's what here's what would be really unfortunate. OK, and we've talked about this on this podcast before. Uh, the real crisis for the Democratic Party will come, and I'm hoping we don't get there, if nobody goes to Milwaukee with a majority, but Bernie has the most, let's say, and on the first ballot, it, no one prevails. There's no coalition that a Bloomberg or a Buttigieg or a Klobuchar can build. And on the second ballot, 705 superdelegates vote, which they don't on the first. And they all throw their support to somebody other than Bernie. And the convention and the party and the election blow up. That's, that's if you want a crisis, you'll have it then. I think it's premature to predict that. It's, Definitely premature to but, predict that, but, but not. Yeah, go ahead. Well, but but that is not an impossible scenario if nobody can consolidate the sixty percent who don't want Bernie. Well, who? It, somebody actually has to do it. Yeah, you you've thought got, you got beginning four choices. Me that Biden could do it. You've said that repeatedly. That doesn't appear to be likely. He's the person who. I think is most on paper likely to kind of bring people into the tent and unite the party and move forward. Doesn't seem to be happening. Obviously no, doesn't seem to be happening. Well, Howard, you, you got the list in front of you. You've gone through it yeah. five times already. And, and yeah, we can say, how did we get here? Let's uh, channel the, the, talking heads and but it is where we are and history is full history is full of surprising leaders emerging from the disarray and chaos and and we're going to see if that happens here maybe amy surprises everybody and pulls it together and builds that coalition maybe bloomberg buys it Maybe he does. We've never seen what happens when someone does it his way. Maybe we're wrong, you and I hear about Pete. Maybe he is is a generational candidate who just keeps getting stronger and puts it together. But there are your choices, and, and Joe, and we'll see, but boy, it, it just doesn't feel like, like South Carolina is even his firewall. But but to be determined, yeah, to well, be determined to come on this podcast and have all the answers for the Democratic Party. But we'll we can wait and see. We we haven't hit the crisis yet and we won't hit the crisis until Milwaukee. If if the crisis is coming and it might be and it might be. But just don't don't buy the betting markets. I wouldn't overinvest in Bernie just yet. We'll this see. Revolution. This revolution is, hasn't quite arrived. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week, and uh, I promise to have all the answers then. We'll talk about Donald Trump next week because we, you know. Ooh, I didn't hear you. Like, we it's been a whole week since we... <laughs> 
explored the president. So we'll do that next week. Good. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.